If you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world World of of food. food. First, you know the coffee creamer brand, Coffee Mate? They're moving past coffee creamer for the first time in 60 or more years and offering Coffee Mate iced coffee Mm. at your local grocery store. Mm. Second, Domino's Pizza is giving away a million dollars worth of free pizzas to anyone who has student loans. (laughs) And finally, in the world of food, thinking about making a recipe with pumpkin? Tis the season, after all. Guess what? Pumpkins have a bunch of surprising health benefits. Like, they're good for your eyesight. They boost your immune system. Pumpkins even help you with weight loss. No kidding. Except you're, if you're like me, you're eating it in cake and muffins. <laughs> right. Or, this or, is so healthy. Or those uh, pumpkin spice milkshakes they sell at Starbucks. Oh, and put an espresso shot in it so I can say it's a coffee. <laughs> right. But I don't think there's any real pumpkin in that. No. So, Taylor, you like to stay ahead of the trends, right? Ahead of the curve. Be, a, be on top of things, right? Me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to help you. They're saying that these are some uh, some trends that are coming in 2024, and you can get ahead of the curve With, now. like, fashion well, or All what? kinds of things. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you about them next. All right, let's get ahead of the curve for 2024. These are some things that uh, Esquire Magazine says are going to be happening in 2024. Uh, keeping luxury slippers at work. <laughs> No way. Is that a no? That's hilarious. Okay. Um, I, I'll just walk down the walk to the meeting like, hey, boss, I got my cat slippers on. What time are we going to start the meeting? <laughs> All right. Living low key instead of living out loud. Good. Everyone's always like, live out loud, man. And now they're saying, no, being kind of chill, being low key about things is going to be what's hmm. in for 2024. Okay. But how do you let people know you're being low key? Are you low-key about letting them know you're low-key? Then you're not (laughs) low-key. And then this last one, I know some people, it'll be like, yeah, when you pry the paddle from my cold, dead fingers, they're saying quitting pickleball is going to be a big thing. (laughs) I have some friends that are so into it. My husband is anti. He played tennis in high school, and he just does not like pickleball. They're saying that pickleball participation will go down. Really? Because that's like a bazillion dollar industry. I can't see that happening. Coming up, think about this for a minute. What would you say is one of your biggest fears? What would you say is one of your biggest fears? Kev, I think mm. I know you well enough to answer for you. So write down your top two on My a piece of paper two? as evidence, your top two um, fears, and I'll see if I can guess them in just a minute. Well, they okay. did this in a recent survey, probably because October 31st is the scariest time of the year. So here were some of the top in all 50 states. Um, I think this might be your wife, Tracy's fear of public speaking. Yeah, a lot of people have that. A lot of people have this one, fear of needles, Mm. spiders. Mm. My sister is horribly afraid of heights. My sister Suzanne, she said it's been getting better lately. Mm. Um, Coming in at number two, fear of social situations. I wonder if that's because of post-COVID. And number one in all 50 states, heights. Okay, Kev. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not scared of it. I'm not scared of any of those. <laughs> All right, I wrote, I predict because you wrote down your two biggest. I did. I wrote them down. I, here's what and, I predict. You wrote just, down just before you say it, just to show if you're right. One begins with the letter C, and the other with the letter R. What did you pick? Oh, I'm wrong. Shoot. Oh, what did you pick? I had snakes. Oh yeah, I don't like snakes. Which is the number six fear nationwide? Did you write that down? I did not. What? Nope. You always go on and on about how much you hate. I snakes. hate snakes. And then the second thing I I'm wrote down was... I'm not scared of them. I can take them out. <laughs> clowns. Yeah, yeah, clowns. 
So Tough. what did you write? You totally threw me a curveball here today. Roller coasters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's a, what was the other I've, one? I've thought about clowns and roller coasters. I've thought about oh, okay. these, I got one these right. a lot, and it's, all, it's a control issue. I don't like things that are out of my control. You get in a roller coaster, you're completely submissive to whoever's running that darn thing. And then clowns, what are they hiding? I, I, why, why the mask? I don't like I don't like okay, fake so people. I don't like I don't like sales shenanigans. I just want upfront. This shows people. you how uh, illogical feel, fears are. Mm-hmm. You are in zero control when you get on an airplane, my friend. But, but that right, right, but that's a trained professional. I can logically go, okay, he was probably in the air force. He's got the hours and thousands of hours and of training. And roller coasters aren't regulated. No, it's probably inspected. Some, some guy on work release. No. <laughs> So, man, kids grow up so fast. I know I feel that way when Facebook memories show up with my nieces and nephews. Oh, yeah, I'm like, my kids no, too. they were so little. Mm. Um, well, a friend of ours, Tabitha, she did a please. She put time as a thief mm. and she recreated a photo from a couple of years ago with her, her kids. She put them in the same exact spot, very similar clothes, same pose. And it was at their local state fair. Hmm. And it was so sweet. The little rides, you know, the little uh, sky rides above them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just wild to see how much they've changed in just a couple of years. But yeah. I love those recreation videos, yeah, you know, or cool. uh, photos. Uh, but yeah, man, don't blink because kids grow up so fast. So is it a constant struggle with your kids and how much time they spend on their phones. Hmm. There's this mom who spent her entire career researching how kids use technology. That's what she does for a living. And she shared one thing she doesn't do with her 14-year-old's phone. She has a 14-year-old and a 10-year-old. She does not set time limits. Instead, she sets boundaries. Hmm. Not in your room, not at night, not at the dinner table, not until you finished your homework. <laughs> By the way, she did groundbreaking research for Common Sense Media, hmm. and she said teens need to learn themselves how to regulate their time on their phone. And instead, she said it's important to look at lifestyle. Are they getting enough sleep? Are they exercising? Are they getting their homework done? Looking at time only is just too one-sided, one-dimensional. She said, for example, if they choose TikTok or YouTube over TV time after they finish their homework, that's not that big of a deal. Mm. But if they're do, spending hours and hours on YouTube or TikTok and not doing their homework or not socializing with friends or their family, then it becomes an issue. Mm, we should talk about this. What do you think about that, mom and dad? I hear that about so many red flags from, uh, oh, just set boundaries, not not rules. What do you think when you hear that? Did you set time limits on your kids' phones? Um, we, well, I'll talk about that in a okay. minute, but I would yeah, love I'm to curious. hear from moms and dads uh, about how does that strike you when you hear her saying, don't set time limits, set places. Set boundaries. Where boundaries, yeah. where, where and they can be on their phone, not when, but where. Um, I, I don't know. So we'd love to hear from you. How are you feeling about what this new researcher lady said? Um, she has set boundaries with her kids, not time limits with her kids on uh, screen time. Hey, Nina, it's Kevin and Taylor. I was calling about the whole technology question. Yeah. And the lady was saying instead of setting time limits, she has boundaries like, like areas where not the kids at like, night, not ever in bed, not be till your homework's done, that kind of stuff. I agree. Um, I have a almost 15 year old. He'll be 15 in two months. I have been thinking because he's been asking me for a cell phone and I just been 
hesitant um, mm-hmm. because I'm afraid of the whole spending hours on like social media and stuff like that. First, congrats to you for fending it off for so yes, long. Yes, And go. if I can, I've had, I have four kids, they're all grown now. But if we could reel it back in and go back in time, we would not get them phones until after high school. It's way too much drama. Their brains aren't developed enough to understand that they're becoming addicted to it. And the Mm -hmm. biggest thing that happens is the second right now, you're the biggest influence in his life. Might not feel that way, but you are. The second you give him that phone, everything that is on his phone becomes the biggest influence. And you take you don't take a backseat. You're like you're left back at home and he's off on the highway by himself. So I would just like implore you keep delaying it. Don't get it for as long as you can. And I know he's going to be like, Mom, I'm an outcast. You're you're making me, um, this isn't the Middle Ages. Too bad. You're going to yeah, have to talk to I your mom. I always tell him, you know, my childhood stories or, you know, when how old I was when I got a right. cell phone. I said, I didn't get a cell phone until I worked and I was 16. My mom did not give me a cell phone. I had to, you know, I work and save up and buy myself a cell phone, pay my own cell phone bill. So that's what I tell him. But uh, That is a way to go, man. That'll really keep a lot of kids because <laughs> most kids don't want to go get a job. So therefore, if you put it in, the, you're like, sorry, no cell phone until you pay for it yourself. I think that's brilliant. That is the most brilliant parenting I've heard in a while. Hey, do you have any single people in your life coming up? Women are sharing places they do not want to go on their first date. Hey, do you have many single people in your life? Women are sharing the places they do not want to go on the first date. Many are saying no chain restaurants, even Applebee's, no fast food, no buffet. Also on the list, going to the movies, watching Netflix at home, and going to the guy's house. It says women don't want to spend a first date going to church with you, to the gym, a sporting event, or family functions. Wow. People are joking. Where do uh, they want to go? That's like everything. <laughs> yes. Um, some are saying, well, maybe just dinner at a local burger joint would do the trick. And even before I got to start the story, our friend Mary texted us. She said, that first date list thing is a crock. I'd love to go to Waffle House on a first date. Of course, she's very happily married with three kids. Right, right, right. Um, And so she said that Russell Wilson just rented out a whole Waffle House for his wife, Sierra. She put, put, that's legit. Here's here's what I would do. Even if if I was single and had Bill Gates money, I would make sure the first date was at somewhere like Applebee's. Just to see, are they interested in me? Or they interested or my money. In, in the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. that seems kind of like, wow. I still firmly believe coffee is the best and safest first date. Yeah. Because it's a, quick. Says a woman who's been married for over 20 years. Well, I'm yeah. A, and I'm I an met expert my, on first dates. And Glenn <laughs> never had to ask me out because we just met on a trip we, yeah, in the Holy Lands and he never had to say, will you go out with me Friday? <laughs> we just hung out together. So your recommendation then? To any young ladies who are single would be mm-hmm. coffee. Coffee. So I don't know if you remember the story of how my wife, Tracy, and I met, but we met in an acting arts arts class that you had to take in the school system we went to. We met in high school. You had to take either acting arts or speech. I like getting up in front of people so much. I took both. Uh, she begrudgingly took acting arts, and that's how we met. And she was terrified to get up in front of the class and do improvs or anything like that. So fast forward to our vacation. We're in Germany, and we're visiting Marksburg, uh, Marksburg Castle, which is a beautiful castle way up on a hill. Gorgeous structure. I mean, you feel like you've walked into a Disney movie. Oh, wow. It's like a real, you know, a real castle. And we're at the front door of the place. Big, huge wooden door, and the tour guide, wonderful German guy, he says, Saul, how are we going to get into the castle? 
Did anyone bring a battering ram to get through the door? No? How about a rope? Maybe we can climb over. You know what we need? We need someone that's brave and strong with a key. Do we have anyone here that's brave and strong? And Tracy's standing to my left. So I put my hand on her back and I pushed her forward. No! (laughs) That is so mean. The next two-hour tour, she had to carry around this key that was about a foot and a half long. A real iron key that opened all the doors through the whole tour. And the guy had his little shtick he was doing at every door. Where's Tracy? (laughs) She had to go to the front of the group and open the door. She was such a Did he say it like that? Like he was spooky? Yeah. Where's Tracy? His his German (laughs) accent, I think, he would draw out vowels if they were in the middle of a word. Where's Tracy? It sounds like a scary dream or movie. you can imagine that that was early in the vacation, so the rest of the week I was like, Tracy. (laughs) Hey, do you like the, do you have the, feel like you have the most spoiled pets on the planet? No, I don't feel like it. I know it. Well, you may guess yourself, even you, Kevin. With uh, five dogs and a cat, when you hear this, dog birthday parties and bark days where you celebrate (laughs) the anniversary of adopting your pet have become all the rage. They're super elaborate social events. You invite your friends and their pets over for safe treats, games, and more. People even show up with a birthday gift for your pet. (laughs) And there's a company in the UK, a London dog. Mm -hmm. All they do is set up dog parties for you. Okay, I spoil my dogs, but they ain't getting a birthday party. (laughs) (laughs) you imagine you'd have five birthday parties a year plus five bark days a year for when they're adopted? That's ten parties a year. Um, Three of our dogs are Spanish rescue, rescue dogs. Like They came from Spain. They have passports. And I don't mean like fake doggy isn't this cute. I mean, a real to travel, to bring them in, they have to have a passport. They have European Union passports. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. You know any other dogs that have European Union passports? Only yours. There you go. Coming up in just a minute, have you ever tried something completely new you never thought you would try? Have you ever tried something completely new you never dreamed you would do? April is a 57-year-old mom, and she's a special education English teacher who lives in New Jersey. Well, she took a huge leap of faith and became a high school football coach. (laughs) She's also the first female football coach in the history of New New Jersey's 42-team Shore Conference. She's so proud of the 36-year-old head coach, Kyle, who had an open mind and took a shot on a crazy old lady. What, that's her words, not mine. What's wild, she had only watched football on TV. She said she was petrified at the first workout, but she said if fear had won, she would never have stepped foot on the field. And she just keeps an attitude that she'll figure it out. And now she's become an expert in football and the ki- the kids love her. It is a little bit of an issue when she goes to the opposing team's uh, games, mm-hmm. finding a place to use the restroom. <laughs> here's here's all you have to do. If that's you and you're in that position, you're a coach and feel like you're out of your depth, you're not really 100% sure what's going on, at any moment when you're feeling that, like, uh-oh, what do we do now? Give your whistle that sharp little boop, just, and then run a lap. <laughs> and that'll give you enough time to recon- you know, recompose yourself and figure out exactly what it is you're going to do. Or you can go, you know what? We're going to pick up that again tomorrow. We're going to do something different and go back to you know ground that you're comfortable on. I just realized this lady 
She's like the Ted Lasso of Jersey Shores. <laughs> they should do a sitcom about her. This yeah. is like brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about these people. They take a leap of faith. They try something new. Like that lady, she didn't know anything about football and she became a head football coach. That is really cool, isn't it? So yeah. we would love to hear a story from you. Do you have one of a time that you did that? You really stretched yourself, went into the great unknown, and you're like, you know what? I'm giving it a whirl. We'd love to hear your story. Hey, it's Kevin and Taylor. I, I heard the lady said that um, she didn't know anything about football and became a football coach. And I said, I need to call and tell my story. I did not know anything about football at all. And I had to go and cover a football game for our college newspaper <laughs> <laughs> but I, we just, what i what i would do is cover the concerts and parties but i never did sports but the sports person wasn't available so they sent me and i had to go in the stands and ask everybody what happened what happened tell me what they did <laughs> but i wrote a story there you, go. Right. you got it done that's awesome nice yeah a can-do attitude. <laughs> yes. And that, that will take you places. Like one time, she was thrust into it, but my first program director job, that's the guy that's like in charge of every everything that comes out of the speakers. That's what you need to know about program directors. The guy in charge of all that. My first real program director job, you had to be able to run this software called Selector that schedules all the music. And not only did I not know how to run that, I knew nothing about computers. This is when computers were not something that you had everywhere. Um, and they were like, oh, you can run Selector, right? I was like, oh, pfft, absolutely. <laughs> I get the job and I go. I go to the, my first day and Tracy's like, that's okay. Just wait for everybody to leave the office and I'll coach you through how to run the computer. And she's like, okay. First night I call her. It's like six, seven o'clock at night. Everybody left the office. I call her and she's like, okay, what does the screen look like? I said, nothing. It's black. She goes, okay, that means it's off. Turn it on. I was like. <laughs> Okay, what do I do? <laughs> How do I turn it on? She taught me over the phone after hours. My wife did because she hadn't moved to this town yet where I took the job. She would coach me for hours at night. On here's how you run the computer, and okay, tell me what that she learned the program like before I did, so I could get the job as the program director. Bottom line, you're here in this seat today because of her. Oh, in more ways than just that. You have no idea. But yep. anyhow, we'd love to hear your story of you being out of your depth and you kept moving forward anyway. So proud of that 57-year-old mom who became a high school football coach. She's like, hey, put your mind to it. You can do anything. And then that that head coach, Kyle, who was 36, who took a risk on her. And now she's just this huge, important addition to the team. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about trying things that you never dreamed you'd try. Whirl, yeah. Sure. And there's some for me that there, it will never be on my list. It'll not like a paragliding, skydiving. I can't do it. I can't. The bungee, fear bungee is, jumping. No, 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 the fear is too big. But there is something I never dreamed I would do, and that is mountain biking. Hmm. My husband was a mountain biker, and he would get up really early and leave the house by like 630 in the morning on Saturdays. And drive and go do this big epic mountain bike ride. And then I'd stay home with the dogs and clean the whole house. And we'd spend the rest of the day together. Mm. And finally, one time he's like, why don't you come with me and we'll rent you a bike and see what you think. And I was terrified. Mm. <laughs> and at some points I thought that the sport was going to was going to win over me. And I was <laughs> determined. And now I absolutely love it. I overcame the fear of a broken wrist 
and I'm back on my bike there and you go. love it even more. But someone we both know, Kev, who's doing something I never thought she would do. You know, Mary Louise, who has two sets of twins. Mm-hmm. I just found out the other day she's taking acting classes. Wow. Isn't that so cool? Wow. Good for her. Yeah. Look at that. Did you ever think you'd run a marathon? No. You ran multiple marathons. Yeah, I had someone uh, urging me to. Did you? <laughs> who could that have been? <laughs> Kevin. Kev, I have a little bone to pick with you. Uh- Oh, what I You're do now. making fun of me on social media. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> saying, because I had said the other day, I tried to make, I replicated a recipe of something we ate at a fabulous restaurant. It In was Italy. a porcini Great. mushrooms with polenta. And it turned out <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. Like I was shocked because I'm and, not and a to chef. Share with everyone what I posted. <laughs> me, like as if I had opened up a can of... Chef Boyardee, <laughs> and he's like, did you hear Taylor's been replicating recipes it's from a, Italy? It's a pot on a stove full of, of Chef Boyardee with meatballs, and then the can right next to it. So bad. <laughs> Taylor trying to recreate dishes you know what I did? Italy. You know what I made last night? I made homemade from scratch pesto. Oh, how, oh, how did it turn so out? so good. Wow. And it's so much easier than it sounds. Italy did leave a mark on you. It was. It did. It was a bunch of basil, garlic, pine mm-hmm. nuts, olive oil, and yeah. some parmesan. Trace has made, yeah, she's it's made. So flavorful when you make times, your own, yeah. it like it's bursting. It is. The fresh bustle does it. Yeah, um, Tracy so made good. last night and sat in the fridge overnight um, homemade muesli that she kept calling muesli. <laughs> <laughs> was that inspired by your trip to yeah, Germany? Yeah, because we had that. That was a breakfast option every morning, and I love it. Did and you get to try it yet? Or just, yeah, I had it this morning. It was so was good. It? Oh, so good. I have to get that recipe from her. Excellent. Yeah. Yum. Anytime you need to find a recipe, world's greatest muesli. World's greatest. <laughs> did it have coconut in it? That'll be, yeah. yeah. It sure did. Yum. Sure did. Coming up, you are going to love this beautiful example of faith in action. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good You are going to love this beautiful example of faith and grace and mercy in action. During the tragedy in Maine last week, Joseph Walker tried to save lives by stopping the man responsible for the tragedy. He was trying to protect all the people at his place of business, and he ended up dying a hero. Mm. Well, I don't know. Have you seen any interviews with this dad, Leroy Walker? Mm -mm. Uh, He is a Maine councilman. And was asked if he's angry at that man Mm -hmm. who took the life of his son. He said live on television with tears flowing that he is not angry at that man. That the Lord taught him not to hate and to forgive. And that anger would just create more hate in the world. Mm. It was, he's just like, I just have to trust that the Lord will prevail. And it was one of the most moving interviews I've ever seen on TV. Just just what faith in action. So I think we have all probably experienced this at one time or another, where you feel a little lonely, right? You feel a little lonely. Um, apparently that's becoming a big deal and we might want to all watch out for each other. We're going to talk about it next. I was really surprised when I uh, came across this, but about loneliness and how it's, it's affecting so many people nowadays, particularly younger people, um, like 30% mm. of people between the ages of 19 and 29 uh, say that they are they're lonely. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they say that some of that is just because of that that time of your life. It's kind of uncertain. Mm. You know what's going to happen with my job, and if I take a new job, am I going to make friends? And you're leaving, you know, the only home you've probably ever known. Your parents, even if you went off to college, 
mom and dad were still home base and you know, you're separating from that. So it can lead to a lot of, uh, a lot of turmoil. But um, one of the, one of the psychologists that was interviewed for this said that it, it's important to remind people that just because you're alone doesn't mean that you have to like say like, Oh, I'm lonely because I'm alone. You can mm-hmm. be alone and not be lonely. You read a book, you can do all kinds of things. You can, uh, you know, not be lonely just because you're alone. But the, I bring all this up because I think it's important nowadays, especially as followers of Jesus, to be aware of that, that there are really lonely people in our lives that we might not even be aware of. It might be your coworkers or maybe somebody you see, maybe you stop every day at the same coffee shop. It could be the person that's making your your latte might be really, really lonely. And it doesn't take a lot to try to learn a name, yeah. Or just stop by and check in, just be like, hey, how's it going? I mean, you don't have to say like, hey, you're not lonely, are you? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awkward. Right, but just do those th- do those things that you become a part of that. The, even, if it, even if you're just acquaintances, which most people in your life, that's what it's going to be anyway. But you become a part of the fabric of their life, and then all of a sudden they don't feel quite so lonely. I saw that with my mom during the last um, last year of her life. She was in a assisted living, like a rehab type facility. She had had a mini stroke. Uh, and that brought on the end. But the the people that were, were a part of her life just for little snippets, like there was a, a guy who was a, a physio, physical therapist. He'd come by like twice a week. And she just lit up when he would come by. It was only like a 20-minute appointment twice a week. But those people that were a, con- a consistent part of her life, even for that small little bit, really made a huge difference. Massive awesome. difference. Like on days when I called after she had an appointment, she would be just like, oh my gosh, she came by and it was great. And you know, he looks just like, I call him Prince Harry. He looks just like Prince Aww. Harry. And she would blah, 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 talk, 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 talk. On days when that didn't happen or no one else came by to visit, she'd be down. Wow. You know, so. Man, for a, people who work with the elderly, they're just these unsung heroes, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's, a, it seems like it's a, from what I read, it's across the board. It's every demographic. It's people that you never would think would be experiencing loneliness. So just keep it in the back of your head and maybe, maybe it's. Maybe it's you too, and I hope that if if you do feel lonely, you know that we're your friends. You know, listen to the Kevin and Taylor show. Hopefully, it makes you feel a little less lonely. So, uh, there's a guy who owns a, a restaurant, and he's a millennial. He was a little sick and tired of people saying like, if they didn't just eat so much avocado toast, they could pay their student loans. If yeah, that's so been the phrase for avocado years. Avocado toast, they yeah. could buy a house, right? We didn't Brunch have avocado toast when I was a kid. Yeah. Wah, 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 whatever. So, so this guy had had enough of it. So, mm-hmm. and he had heard like so many times people saying, if you didn't spend money on that, you could afford a house. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you go to his restaurant. It's not called Avocado Toast. He renamed it Mortgage Toast. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant marketing. I love that. Hilarious. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and in all honesty, for anybody of a certain age who does have that attitude of, you know, if they did, well, if they didn't go to Starbucks seven times a day, they could pay off. That is not, the landscape has totally changed yeah. for everyone coming up behind us. Yeah. Student loans and interest rates. And I mean, think about people that have been born since like right around, I don't know, 1995 on. Think of what they've lived through. That we mm. didn't deal with, we didn't deal with when, you know, I, the I world was, changed in 2020. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everything that the, the housing crisis, the financial crisis, then a, a, a global pandemic. I mean, this generation has everything that could possibly be thrown at them has been thrown at them. Okay. So back to the mortgage toast. Yeah. I will tell you the one thing where I get, I, I'll admit, I'll be very, very vulnerable here. I get a little bit like, 
old man, stay off my lawn-ish. Um, <laughs> I won't name names, but out of my 11 nieces and nephews, yeah. okay, there is one of them, I'm not going to say whether it's a niece or a nephew, who always has to have their certain coffee. Mm-hmm. And they have so many incidences of spilling it on their clothes in the car. <laughs> I, I, I will say, it, I kind of go, you know, Maybe coffee is not for you. <laughs> Maybe you just have a little bit of coffee at home, brush your teeth, and get on with your life. Right. Or maybe the co- it's not that coffee's not for you, just coffee and being mobile. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, isn't for you. <laughs>